Iowa everywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Chris Williams. Chris. Chris Hassel. Two guys named Chris. Presented by Fairway Meat and Grocery. From the Channel Seed Studios, this is Iowa Everywhere. Channel Seed. Seedsmanship at work. Welcome to Two Guys Named Chris here on Iowa Everywhere. It is the 23rd of October. We are presented, as always, by Fairway Meat and Grocery. I smoked baby back ribs on Friday. I made steaks last night. It was a fairway weekend in the Williams house. That sounds good. How are you, Chris Hassel? Uh, You were eating, like, bison and stuff on Friday night? What the hell was that? What are you talking about? Bison? You sent me that menu. It was all that weird, like, oh, oh, yeah, antelope. (laughs) Want some I, went to this, I went to this restaurant in uh, Tallahassee, and it yeah, it had some weird stuff on the menu. It was like jackalope, antelope, <laughs> analog. Uh, I I just stuck with the French onion soup and the wedge salad. I did not get just a salad, just a salad, just a salad. What did the people and then I went around to another think? place and I got uh, arancini. So I I didn't uh, I didn't delve into the. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why there was. It was so gamey, so gamey in Tallahassee. Man, those that drive took a lot out of me. I, I'm I'm still not I'm I'm still not recovered. Six hours each way. You know, I I, I made a big mistake. What do you mean? What do you mean it took big a lot mistake. out of you? I mean, you're just driving, listening to podcasts. It's a lot, man. It's a lot. Like I <laughs> next time, I don't care where I have to fly through. I'm flying because that was bad, bad. I got Just home like yesterday. The mental aspect of having to keep your eye on the road is that the thing for you? What? What well, is? Yeah, it? I mean, you're not just sitting there zoning out. You, I mean, you gotta. Shoot, I almost rear-ended somebody on the way up there. I mean, we're driving 90 miles an hour, brother. You got to keep your head on a swivel. Those damn Florida roads, man. It was. It was it's a. Wi- it was a wild weekend. I mean, going up there and then. The, of course, the uh, the elephant in the room, the call that changed the, the whole. Did season you hear about from, the Iowa game, Chris? I was uh, I was watching that game on my laptop in the press box, right, and it was it was coming down to its conclusion right as our game was about to start. And you know, I'm sitting there watching this game like. Uh, almost falling asleep like Jesus Christ Jesus Christ what there's no way there's just no way 
There's no way they're going to win because there's no way they're going to move the ball. And then this punt. And then squeezing down the sideline. And I just let out. I was like, Wah! Jesus Christ, he's going to score. And I'm like fist pumping. I'm going nuts. And everybody around me is coming in. What happened? What happened? Like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Then the call. So I had already moved into the Iowa just won this game mind space. I had already like moved on to my own game thinking this game was over. I still had it up, but no sound. And then a few minutes later, I just see that there was a tight shot of Cooper DeGene on the sideline. It just looked like someone stole his kid. And 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 I and I look and I what they took the points off the board, like what the hell just happened? But I was so stunned and so sickened that I didn't tell anybody else around me. So everyone else thought that Iowa won that game, and I did not even. I, I was so I, I just had to put it out of my. I had to put it out of my mind because I had a game to call. But. I think the bottom line here is it's probably the right call. It's just a call I don't know how you make on an instant replay like that. If it's not called on the field, if you didn't even go to replay to look at that, which was what Kirk Ferentz said, they went to replay to look to see if he stepped out of bounds. And then they noticed that. And I don't know if it was a, did a Minnesota coach tell them to start looking at that? I don't think so. I, th- I think it's the review process in Pittsburgh. Some guy back there or or woman was like, what's he doing with his arm? You see that? Hey, wait, rewind that. Bring that back. He's His arm is moving side to side. Is that an invalid signal? And so then they took a closer look at it. And ruled that it was. And and look, when you slow it down like that, super slow-mo, I can see why they would make that decision. I I just don't think you'd do it there. And I think if you're looking at it full speed, because all we're seeing on all all the replays and everything they're seeing, it's slow motion, super high-def cameras. The arm is kind of twirling out to the side. You look at that thing full speed. No one on that field thought he was calling for a fair catch. And I, I get, okay, he wasn't calling for a fair catch, but calling for people to get away. He was pointing at the ball. And then with what his other it? hand, kind of keeping his balance yeah. slash, you know, it was it was kind of in between everything. But I could see, like, Cooper DeGene was not trying to give an invalid signal there. And no one on the field thought he did. So why, after review, are they going to assess this? I, I, I'm positive that if he doesn't go all the way in a game like this, they don't call that. Well, Foxman here, this is how I understood it. It's not reviewable by itself. This is Jeremy on watching on YouTube. It became reviewable because he scored. Had he gone down, like if he'd been tackled at the two-yard line, 
they would well, not have been able but to. But you review. can review whether he stepped out of bounds. And according to Ference, that's what they started reviewing. Correct. Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not arguing that. I I'm just that's how I understood it too, what the what the Fox man there was saying. I I I just you know how it is, Chris, when stuff like this happens, you just start reaching out to people and and that's what I did. Yeah. And I was talking to like coaches. Mm-hmm. And they were all like, yeah, we're totally aware of that, but that's it never gets called. Right. Like nobody ever calls that. That's what and the, a lot of these guys were Iowa fans I was talking to too. So they were not they were not biased against Iowa. That was the and then I talked to a couple of refs like at the high school level too, and they, they were kind of saying the same thing. So it's a deal where I think what you said was perfect. Anybody watching that in real time did not think that that was an infraction. The TV guys didn't even know what no. the hell was happening until like five minutes into that review. They finally and, figured and out. And I don't think Kirk Ferentz did either, based on what he said in the post game. Yeah. And the referees made their statement afterwards about why the decision was made, and they spelled it out in writing. And... Look, to the letter of the law, yeah. You make that call on the field, okay. But to to do that on instant replay with apparently a guy that's, or or gal that's not even there, I I don't know. I, I think that was Bush League to do it at that point in the game. And it's, it's, it's too bad because that was that was going to be one of the the greatest moments Dude, in, that, in Kinnick Stadium history. That was – I don't think I'm going too far here. I'm 39. That was one of the best plays I've ever seen in college yeah. football. That was like Reggie Bush, Fresno State. Mm-hmm. You know, remember that play? Yep. That was like Vince Young type stuff. Like that was iconic. To squeeze down the sideline. And as soon as he got past those guys, you knew he was gone. Oh, yeah. The still photos when there's like seven gophers within like five feet of him. And then he turns on the Jets. He is a special, special guy. There's no way it's going to happen. But, you know, he, he should he should get Heisman-type consideration if he houses that, if that stands. I mean, you're you're looking at two games where just nothing but individual effort wins it for Iowa at the end when you factor in Michigan State mm-hmm. and what would have been that one. Now, Jared in the comments says he disagrees. He he thinks that the Minnesota guys thought it was a fair catch signal and the coverage team. Yeah. Well, ran look him. at if I'm going to rewind this real quick because if you look back at this video from Brend. Mm-hmm you'll see the guy that's closest to him completely stops almost. Like, he thinks that DeGene's just going to call it off and then they're going to blow it dead after, right? Like, watch him there. Stops, and then there he goes. Well, I, I will say most of the time when when a punt returner doesn't catch it yeah. on the fly, uh-huh. he's not going to pick it up. 95% of the time, probably not. But I don't know that the 
did the Michigan or did the Minnesota player stop because of the hand signal? I don't think so. I don't and think anybody was confused by the hand. He probably signal. didn't even see it. Yeah, he's probably running too fast to even have seen that. And his hand is going behind him. Like, how would those guys have really even have seen that? I don't I, know. I don't know. It's, all right. So Cooper DeGene is is an icon. We can all yes, we can all agree there. Uh, it was a really really questionable call. That um, questionable to bad call. Uh, despite that, the offense, Chris, um, safe to say it reached a new low on on Saturday. I, I guess I just want to give you the floor here because you were, man, you were positive. It was really nice last week. You're like, oh, I'm not going to say anything mean. I'm going to, and I tried telling you, it's like nothing's changed. Uh, no. 10 of 28 for Deacon Hill, 116 yards. And they what do they have? Negative three yards in the third quarter alone. Like it was. And I think two I, I, for the whole second half, right? Two yards for the whole second half? Yeah. I mean, really unthinkable in, in 2023, even even for Iowa's offense to just be able to, to gather that much. And, and man, it, it's just when you do this, I get it. Embrace the suck. I've been trying to tell you guys to enjoy going ten and two, and I and I mean it. But when you do that, it doesn't matter how good your defense and special teams are. Like your margin is so small, mm-hmm. and you leave yourself like any crack can bury you, and that's unfortunately what you saw with this call, right? Like that. that that's what happens. And I, I I don't know. I I thought that Deacon Hill, and I'm. I don't really blame him because it doesn't matter what you're I, – I was joking a few weeks ago when I said this is the best you're going to see of Deacon Hill. He's going to get worse the more we see him, <laughs> and he has like because yeah. there's tape out on him now, and you know Brian Ferentz isn't scheming anything for him. They're not helping him at all. As we got a vi- sh- shirt, these two boys are wearing fire Brian shirts if you're watching on the YouTube feed. Um, I, I thought it was – a new low for this and going into a bye week um man some uh, you would like to think that they take the bye week to regroup and you know you get ready and let, let's put this um labus in and let, let's try some new things but i just have zero faith whatsoever that that is actually going to happen yeah and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more moving forward um let's just go back to the 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 call that was made in your head you're like okay that's the call that cost Iowa the game but at the same time all you needed was a field goal to win the game and you had the ball near midfield and nobody had any faith that that was even possible just think about that any other team I think you're feeling pretty good about your chances of moving the ball 20 yards to kick a game-winning field goal. And that's what Kirk Ferentz said in the postgame. Somebody asked him, how far did you need? What did you need to get a field goal? He said 20 yards. That's it. Yet 20 yards seems like 100 with this offense. And look, I was fine last week because they beat Wisconsin and they had been winning. Playing this way, this was the blueprint, fine. But I said, it's, it's, I'm treating it like a player that doesn't show up for practice, but always comes through in the game. 
As soon as you don't come through in the game, I'm all over your ass. And when you have a quarterback that plays the way he does, when you're basically saying, we're not going to, we don't need anything out of our quarterback, nothing. We're still going to win the game. That quarterback cannot turn the ball over once, let alone exactly. three times in a game. He lost two fumbles through the late interception. That cannot happen. That's the one thing, if you're going to play this way, you cannot do. And when that's happening, why are you in the game? You can't. I mean, if you're going to play this way, you might as well just go wildcat. Snap it to a running back. God forbid they Cooper put DeGene. Cooper DeGene in there. That's the answer. You couldn't run the ball in this game. P.J. Fleck, I, I was I was impressed by him. I mean, he, yeah, he used his timeouts really wisely in that first quarter to get that field goal with the wind. Because you saw what a difference it made kicking into that direction. And did, he did what those last two coaches couldn't. You know the only way Iowa can beat you on offense is if they break a big run. They couldn't. Iowa, well, Iowa Nepple baby says 0.4 yards per carry. <laughs> Shut down the well, run, and there's no chance. I was texting with our, our buddy Keith Murphy during the game. Um, we were just texting back and forth, analyzing it, and looking back at it, too, it's like, and, and I didn't rewatch the Wisconsin game. I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't put my, I'm not that big of a, you know, masochist to go back and watch that thing again. But one of the great, like, concerns for Wisconsin I had my why do they not just have 10 11 in the box and, and we that said was the same thing fear. about Purdue the week before yeah but it, but and Fleck did that for the most part and everybody's going to do that as long as this this Deacon Hill and I, I really I actually feel bad for Deacon Hill he should not be in that spot he's not good enough no no, he shouldn't he, be in that spot. He's not good you know, enough. It's not his fault. I mean, listen to the, if you haven't already, listen to the John Miller Hawkeye Sunday podcast. So good. I thought it was fantastic. I, I, he, I agreed with pretty much everything he said, and I think he put everything in great perspective. At, at, <clears throat> he's, you know, he, at, the, at the start, he prefaced the, the call that should, should not have been made. Iowa should have won the game, but, but, but. Deacon Hill should not be out there. And if he is out there after the bye week, everyone should be fired. Like, he used the term gas lit and gas lighting. And I don't know if a lot of people understand what that is, what the true definition is. But I think he used it perfectly because I think Kirk Ferentz is trying to gaslight Iowa fans into thinking that Joey Labus was Alex Padilla when he played last season, that Joey Labus is is somehow not capable of running this offense because of what he said in the press conference when someone asked him about, like, why, this was before this game, why haven't you given Joey Labus a chance? And Kirk Ferentz said, well, we saw what happened when we went to a different, we saw why we had Spencer Petras out there all year last year Real quick, well, Chris, Van Winkle has sound after the game whenever you want that. Yeah. He was asked about Labus again after the game. Yeah, go you ahead and roll into it, Van Winkle. Okay. For 25 years, we watch guys in practice. We evaluate what they do in practice. 
and then moving forward. And then, yeah, certainly game performance is a big part of it. But, uh, you know, if, it, if it's close, neck and neck, that type of thing, then you rotate guys in and take a look at them. But, uh, you know, I don't think we're insane. Like, you know, you, you go with what you see in practice and, and uh, you know, try to make the best decisions at all positions, not just quarterback. Obviously, quarterback's the one that attracts the attention. But, uh, I mean, I'm just standing here right now, and we'll, we'll, we'll see what next week brings. But... I'm trying to think in the history since I've been here. How many? How many? You know, we had it. No, whatever it would have been, eight back and forth. You know, with two guys, then CJ and uh, Jake went back and forth a little bit. But typically, you know, there's a clear one, a clear two, and it's not. I'm not saying that in a demeaning way to the guys too, but it's just it's what it is, and um, you kind of go with it from there. Real quick, just for a note here, Chris, and I'll throw it back to you. Pro Football Focus. Uh, it's not perfect as far as how they rate players. Sometimes a guy will play terrible, and then you'll look at it, and he grades out really well. It's it's not perfect. But as of yesterday, so there, when you put on the snap count minimum, so that keeps like the guys who are redshirting who come in for like three snaps at the end of the game. It funnels them out. Deacon Hill is the last-ranked quarterback in to meet that snap requirement in all of college football this year. That that's it would be surprising if he wasn't, wouldn't it? Uh, Have you ever seen a quarterback play the level? That well, he's at okay. Right now? So this is what I wanted to address because I actually I think it leads into the bigger point because Gus says you guys said the same thing about Petrus last year. You're right. Petrus was light years ahead of Deacon Hill as a quarterback. And again, though, like what it, what does this tell us? Because I, I, I see people in our comments right now, and they're talking about drops, and they're they're talking about, well, you know, he keeps getting sacked. It's the offensive line's fault, guys. I'm telling you, your offensive line isn't that bad. Your your quarterbacks, like when when Spencer Petras started, he wasn't that bad. It's your scheme. The defense knows exactly what is coming 80% of the time. Try playing offensive line when the linebackers know exactly what's coming 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. It You've had, I mean, really, in the, this has been a last, like, what, five-year thing when it's gotten this bad right with the offense, right? Is that accurate, Chris? Well, it's really or, been two years. Yeah, but it kind of started there, and then it went on a down, right? Like COVID on. Can we just say that? Yeah. Okay. The well, book I think, is I think out. the COVID year, the offense was okay. It, it was. Yeah. It was halfway through that twenty-one season when they were six and zero, and then Purdue came to town when they were number two in the country, and everything fell apart. That was two years ago. Point being, the book is out, and I, you, you've had all like. Tristan Wirfs, you've had Lindenberg, you've had really good offensive linemen. It doesn't matter now. It's your scheme. The quarterback, like, put in Labus, well, okay. Labus will be fine for a game or two, and then it's going to turn into, you know, it won't be, God knows it won't be this bad. Like, you have to make the change. I'm not disagreeing yeah, with that. Yeah. I'm saying big picture, it's but your it's scheme. But it's also personnel. I, I know scheme is the biggest part of it, and that goes to coaching, and that, it's, but it's also development and personnel at the quarterback position because you say the offensive line isn't that bad, and, and they're not. You look at those fumbles that he had, 
He had time, especially on one of those plays. He waited way too long in the pocket. He had all kinds of time to get that ball out, and he didn't do it. And then it fell apart around him, and he gets hit, and the ball squirts out. That's not on the offensive line. That's on Deacon Hill, period. Deacon Hill is not a Power 5 quarterback. He's not. He had the, the one other offer. I honestly don't think he would start at like most FCS schools. Because football now, you like watch football. Watch watch the NFL. Watch the the freaking game you called the other night. Mm-hmm. You, like nobody wants quarterbacks like that anymore. It's not a thing. Right. Which is why he even at Wisconsin, he didn't even see the two deep. He wasn't even getting reps in practice. But they just keep trotting out these statues. And on top of it, again, like, go read Scott Docterman's piece from like two weeks ago. It's one of my favorite sports writing pieces I've ever seen. When he, he insanely went back and wrote, went snap by snap with Iowa. The defense knows what's coming. 75 to 80% of the time. You know, it's <laughs> so then, just, just based in, on a And this is there. Iowa. Like, this isn't a football factory, okay? Like, I know, it's a good program. I'm not... But it's still a developmental... You guys aren't pulling out four or five-star guys where you're just that much more talented than everybody. You have no advantage over your competition because they know exactly what's coming. Now, granted, to their credit, they've won a lot of games with defense and special teams. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And but when you do this, this it, al- it allows that teams... That call It allows teams like Minnesota like Northwestern over the years, like that bad Iowa State team last year that went, what, 4-8, and eight, to hang around and potentially beat you. Yep. And you know what? That, that, was, that was acceptable when you were also able to hang around against the best of the best. Yes, that was that's what it was designed when for. when you could hang around against Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. And that's not happening anymore. But... You still have to make the change. I don't care. You say totally Labus agree. is going to come in and not be any no, good you have either. I, I mean, this, look this, at what he did in the bowl game compared to what we've seen from Deacon Hill and even Spencer Petrus. Why would Labus stick around next year? I, I, he, I can't imagine that he will. I, I was surprised he came back this year. But why? I, I guess McNamara is coming back. The collective told us so. Yeah. But again, it's just like I watch this and I'm like, why would any offensive player in the portal era want to go to Iowa? Even offensive line now. I don't understand why an offensive lineman would want to go there now. It's well, changed. They've got the best scout team in the history of scout teams. Remember that? They did win that Joe Moore Award. What's that? For best scout team? Best, best scout offensive, offensive line? line. <laughs> Ross Peterson and I used to have a hell of a time with that it's just i don't know i it is chris when you have a bye week and you just sit around and, and you do what i did on saturday and all you do is watch games it's really good when we have a show like this because you we get so dialed in on iowa iowa state big 10 big 12 but this allows you and like what you do every saturday night to allow it allows you to go and see everything else that the country is doing and mm-hmm. really watch it and the difference between the Iowa-Minnesota game and every other game that you watch is so stark. Like, I, I, watching Florida State, 
they they were often using two running backs on the field at the same time, but one of them was lined up at wide receiver. They had a tight end that was taking pop passes, handoffs. I mean, the, the, it was you never knew where they were going to go, what they were going to do, pre-snap motion, all kinds of stuff that will keep the defense guessing. And against a really good defensive team in Duke, it was only averaging like they were giving up like nine points per game. They put up 38 because throughout the course of a game, it's tough to keep them down. You got Jordan Travis who can move at the quarterback position. He rushes for 62 yards and a touchdown because he's not a statue out there. Backyard football, baby. It is, it is totally different, but you, you hear Kirk Ferentz after the game, and I listened to his full comments, and he said, look, Matt's guys. has got some here, too. More? Yeah, he has his post-game comments if you want to play some. We just played that. Labus, you, didn't we have the second that, one? Uh, that was pretty much it. I oh, okay. Some I comments on, another, the, okay, on the sorry, fair catch, but we kind of moved past that. What, what I thought was, was telling is that he said, look, guys, this was working. Basically, I'm paraphrasing. This was working. We were winning our games. If that call goes this way, we're going into the bye week, what, seven and one? Yeah. So, like, all he sees is the is the end result. The Because I think somebody asked him, is, the, is this fair to your defense, to your special teams? Are you, are you putting them in the best position? And, and all he sees are, are wins and losses. He doesn't really see how this is happening. So he doesn't necessarily see the offense as as big a problem as it is because they've been winning because they're playing shit teams most of the time. And they do have a great defense and they do have an incredible special teams and and, a, and one of the best special teams players of all time in Cooper DeGene, who's going down, downing punt. You have the best punter in the country. You have the best return man in the, in the country. And he's a gunner on your punt unit going down there, downing balls at the one yard line. But you have an offense that's dragging you down in ways that aren't even describable. Again, we're asking for the 99th best offense in the country, and it somehow got worse from last year. And I know, you know they there's been do. injuries, big-time injuries. And, and that's another reason why I was trying to stay positive, the injuries. But Huge. It, you got to adapt and adjust at some point. You can't just keep running into a wall. You can't just keep trotting out a guy who's now turning the ball over. Not only can he not throw it, he's fumbling it. They better go to Joey Labus in this bye week. He's turned into a head case. <laughs> what, what is he doing in practice that is allowing Kirk Ferentz to say Deacon Hill is the clear number one? There's a clear number one and a clear number two. What what is happening? Well, what is he doing in practice that again, like and it's just one metric, whatever. But the pro football focus thing, it's totally object it's it's totally objective. There's no subjectivity in it. Says he is the worst quarterback to meet. We their... don't need pro football focus to tell us that. We know he's the worst quarterback <laughs> okay, in the country. Okay. But my point let me make the point. Like what if you're Joey Labus? I know. And you're sitting back there, and that that's a fact, okay? Now, you can debate it. 
But I think Kirk Ferentz makes these decisions more on what happens in practice than what happens in games. When people ask him about personnel changes... What the hell is Labus... I don't care about Deacon Hill. We know what he is. What is Labus doing in practice? And who cares, honestly? Look what he did in the game last year against a good defense What is Labus doing in practice? Is he just like... Is he just pissing in the corner? Is he just screwing around? You know, is he picking dandelions? What is Labus doing in practice? If, if, if big practice guy, it's Kirk Ferentz, you know. We're talking about practice here. Talks about it all the time. What the hell is Labus doing in practice? Because it can't be worse than what we're seeing with Deacon Hill. I, I don't know. Is Deacon Hill good in practice like Spencer Petrus was? Because all we ever heard was how great Spencer Petrus was in practice and at the Manning Passing Academy. At some point, you have to use what you see in games. You know what they need to do is now that, you know, the injuries, the, the collective needs to fly Deacon Hill and a bunch of these backups out to California during the bye week. <laughs> have a retreat. I, Sorry, I need somebody. To somebody laugh today. I need somebody to get into practice. Like somebody needs to find you a way. can't. To get into practice, get video, see what the hell is going on. Just talk to Harbaugh. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, we'll Michigan's Maddie not Week. playing Iowa, so they wouldn't we're, be scouting them. Because the- wouldn't you? I'd pay good money to just see a like. Give me the raw film of the whole practice field. I want to see it. Get what does Joey Labus look like? What does Deacon Hill look like? What are they doing in practice? What What are the drills? Are there is any Petrus defenders out there? there? Huh? Could Petrus still could theoretically could they get Petrus ready during the bye week? Honestly, get get him in there. I want Petrus back. I got an autographed jersey that could go up in value. We just like we underrated Nate Stanley. And the, the the further we get from that era, the the better he looks. Spencer Petrus was a against the Norman college football, a bad college football quarterback, but so much better and more competent than Deacon Hill. And that shouldn't be a surprise. Deacon Hill had one other offer from Fordham. Yeah, but that guy. You know, the volunteer guy from And I think Wisconsin. that's why he's playing. Because that guy's Brought got Kirk's over. ear. He's like, listen, man. You don't know what this guy's capable of if you just keep letting him play. I mean, look what he's doing in practice. The, the most hilarious part of that, too, is that Iowa's going to bring in this special assistant for the offense on a volunteer basis, and he's from Wisconsin. The Paul Chris Wisconsin era. You know, it's not like uh, we're going to bring in an air raid guy and just help you guys evolve. No, we're going to bring in this guy from Wisconsin. Jeez. We're in the Channel Seed Studios. Um, want to thank our friends from Terraplex Ag as well. They're a sponsor of the month here on Iowa Everywhere. Drones, baby. You farmers out there, you're getting into the quote-unquote off-season. I know you guys don't have an off-season. This is the answer. You know I mean. Get one of those drones. <laughs> Put it up above Iowa's practice. Do you think our guys from Terraplex Ag can get us a drone to just stock the Iowa football program over the next couple of weeks? I I would love to see it. Uh, Terraplex Ag, check them out. If you're going to be in the drone um, 
if you're going to be looking for one, I guess, in the off season. Because uh, a lot of farmers are doing this. They can spray. They can do all the good stuff. Terraplex Ag, the sponsor of the month here on Iowa Everywhere. Before we get into Iowa State and the Big 12 coming off the bye, let's do our uh, Kelderman Bigger, Better, Boulder. Uh, we actually had a farmer went in and bought a down corn reel from Kelderman Manufacturing last week. So that was awesome to hear. Uh, thank you to whoever that was out there for supporting one of our great sponsors, Kelderman Manufacturing, Kelderman.com. Hassel, I'll let you start. Who's your uh, bigger, better, bolder of the weekend? Bigger, better, bolder. Powered by Kelderman Manufacturing. And Wink just loves throwing that. <laughs> it, yeah. To our audience, like we can see Van Winkle even when he's not on the stage. Or, he's like just grinning every time he plays that thing. He, he just, just loves, loves it. it. Just waiting. Just waiting. <laughs> just mutes our mics. Goes sound. Killed him in manufacturing. The bigger, better, bolder. I'm going with Ryan Day. Okay, a few weeks ago, this guy was a laughing stock. Man, he calls out Lou Holtz. I'd like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. Everybody's calling Ohio State soft. He's a good-looking guy. They're not physical enough. Yeah, you did a great right day. They go out. They beat Notre Dame. Okay. Doesn't really get that much credit for it, though, and gets torn down after the game because he's calling out Lou Holtz. Well, now Penn State. This was finally going to be the year. Penn State. You know, they've got an offense. They've scored 30-plus in like 12 straight games, 13 straight games. Ohio State. Not really sold on them. What do they do? They they go in there and they just they beat the hell out of Penn State. Penn State couldn't do anything on offense. Ohio State again, physical, low scoring game. Ryan Day gets it done. Like and, and still, there aren't a lot of believers in Ohio State. And you know what he does? He goes to his superstar. I don't care if it's the same play every mm-hmm. time. Marvin Harrison Jr., you target him, you get him the ball. They threw to him like 15 times, and that was the difference in the game. Penn State had no answer for Marvin Harrison Jr., and Ryan Day just continually had his quarterback, his young, unproven quarterback, go to him. So I, I hats off to Ryan Day. He was... Again, you know what else he did? He went on the Pat McAfee show with the, the fake Lou Holtz and had some fun with that before the game. So kind of owning it a little bit. Ryan Day is my triple B of the week. That's a good one. I'm going to cut against the grain here. I don't do this very often. I'm going to go NFL with mine. And So one of our Circa Millions plays was the Ravens over the Lions yesterday. So I was paying a lot of attention to this one. And, man, I was just blown away with how good of a quarterback Lamar Jackson has become. There there was easy to poke holes in his game early in his career. Uh, people didn't think that, you know, he had the longevity. He got this big contract. You wonder what was going to come of that. He has turned into a really good quarterback. 77% completion percentage yesterday. Three touchdowns. He's still so effective with his legs the I think Chris that he right now if you know he is right there in the MVP category in the National Football League just blew me away with how good he was yesterday and how much this guy has evolved over time you know he is he's going out there and throwing two three touchdowns per game but his completion percentage is up in the 70s so yeah I'm gonna go with Lamar Jackson and I was 
kind of just really thinking about quarterbacks that can move again after watching that Iowa game on on Saturday. And that, that's a guy I didn't think Lamar Jackson when he was coming out of Louisville, I didn't think he would have this type of NFL career. So there you go. I'll cut against the grain. Lamar Jackson. I'm in the NFL mode, heading up to Minnesota tonight to watch the Vikings and Brock Purdy. Lamar Jackson's mine. Maddie, what do you got? God, Van Wink's going to be insufferable tonight. <sighs> so ready for I that. Can't. It's, I can't. You know, I love Matt, but he's... Man, I haven't, he's just, I haven't uh, been to an NFL game in years, though. I'm going to want to kill him at about 8 o'clock tonight, I have a feeling. Uh, we didn't have Iowa State football this weekend, but we had uh, Drake football. Did you guys see this? Drake with the Hail Mary walk-off win against San Diego. Made Sports oh. Center top 10. Let's see. Well, shout, out Drake, old team. shout out Drake football. Look at that. Hail Mary. Throw. Nice. It was yeah. about 35 yards. So that was Last, to win it. They were down. To win it. Yep, they were down. They oh, won cool. 25-20. Okay. They were down Does 19. Does anybody know how 20. this works? Connor Ferguson works for us at Cyclone Fanatic, and he's just this insufferable Drake fan. It's so annoying. And he he just loves Drake. It's like his favorite thing. Connor just likes all these weird, quirky things, and then he becomes obsessed with them. Not that Drake is weird and quirky, but it's FCS non-scholarship football, okay? So you get my point. He was telling, like, they can play in the FCS playoffs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they That's can. That's wild. They're, they're I, I don't understand how that they're whole, FCS. I don't understand. So if you go undefeated or whatever, you could, yeah, you can make it. So you can play against it with no scholarships and play against scholarship teams. That's wild. Mm -hmm. All I can think about is the guy that commented a month or so ago about he's so upset that your camera just focuses on your microphone. And so you're all blurry. And that's all I see now is is your microphone gets the camera focus. And your head is all blurry. And I think you do it on purpose so that you, you know, there are some actresses that when they age, they, they want that soft focus on their face so that you can't see the wrinkles and all that. And I think that that's you. Focus on the, focus on the microphone. Huh? <laughs> all right. Drake football. Never yeah, thought we're I, done with Drake football. Never thought we'd, we'd get that one. Hey, uh, wild weekend in the Big 12. This is the place I want to go. So Iowa State, we found out, point and a half underdog at Baylor on Saturday, coming off the bye. The um, Baylor did win at Cincinnati. It was kind of a wild one. The The Big 12 had a wild weekend. Chris, I don't know how much you got to watch, but Texas and Oklahoma both got scares. Texas survives at Houston after being up 21 nothing early in that game. Oklahoma survives against the Central Florida team. They got its quarterback back. Um, Here's my question is we are going to lean into a bigger college football segment here because I've got the new Circa Sports Lines on national championship uh, odds at this point. Do you think that the Big 12 weekend – because I've been pretty – pretty much on the record that I think Texas and Oklahoma are at a completely different level. Now, Kansas State – might have something to say about that as they appear to be flexing their muscles a little bit mm-hmm. the deeper we get into the season. Do you think that was like a one-time deal or are these two teams not as close to every or closer to everybody else than we I thought? Specifically, Texas, is, I, Quinn Ewers is out for a while. I, I think they're one-offs. Now, if Ewers is out, 
no, three to four it, weeks, it looks like. So that, he, that his, changes things. His next game may be coming to Ames in the middle of November. That might and it's be not going to be Arch game. Manning. He's the no. third string quarterback, and they don't plan to use him this season. And I hear that he's not adapting that well, and is kind of and that's kind of where he should be. Like he's he's not good enough right now to be the Texas quarterback. It's tough week in and week out. You're always going to get pushed. There's there's always going to be one game a year, usually. Like Georgia last year. Remember they went to Missouri? They should have lost the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They came back, survived, move on. Survive in advance. There's always going to be that one game. And I, I didn't see the Houston game, the Texas-Houston game. I watched a lot of that Oklahoma-UCF uh, game. And... But UCF's a lot better than their record now that they have Rice talent. Plumley's back. Yeah, um, I I don't think that all of a sudden the Big Twelve is winnable for all those one loss teams. I don't. But I, 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 it's one of those survive in advance. That's what I chalk it up to. One yeah, bad week, but you still won. I'm feeling fine. If Oklahoma, I'm too. They always, in those 11 a.m. kicks, just struggle there. Oh, they it's, hate those 11 a.m. kicks. Yeah, they just struggle they just with hate them. It's wild. I bet you could make a lot of money just betting underdogs in Norman at 11 o'clock kicks if you went back and looked at it. It's amazing how much a kick time can make a difference in uh, an atmosphere. Like, at Florida State, they, they had just been dying for a big primetime game for years, and they finally got it. They, you know, if if you talk to coaches, they always want eleven a.m. games when you're on the road for that for that mm-hmm. specific reason. So the Florida State atmosphere was all it was cracked up to be, right? Like it, I watched yes, that whole game. It, it, was, it, it, was it looked freaking awesome on TV. Yeah, it was great. Doke lived up to the hype. Um, the, I, it, that game was great up until Duke's Riley Leonard got hurt late in the third quarter, and they had the ball up three, driving in the red zone. Riley Leonard gets hurt, and that was it. Like There, there was no way they were going to be able to move the ball down the field with their backup quarterback against that Florida State team. So they had to go for it on fourth and short inside the five-yard line. They didn't get it. Florida State marches down the field 95 yards, takes the lead, and that was that. They outscored Duke 21-0 in the fourth quarter. But it was amazing to me, at a place like that, how little they give a shit about the media there. The press box like hadn't been touched in 40 years. The, the carpet had stains all over it. They hadn't had national radio come do a game there in like eight or nine years. So like the wow. internet wasn't working right. They didn't have a monitor for us. Yeah, you guys kept dropping out. Yeah, it was it was it was, it was bush league. It, it really was because they haven't had the Florida State had been so down that nobody was going there. So it's it's amazing you have that atmosphere and that lineage. One of the biggest football programs in the country, and we're up there struggling in the press box. But they had I a almost boxed, put- There was a turkey sandwich for for our our meal. It's just it's hilarious. It really is. I almost put Mike Norvell for my bigger, better boulder because he's done a hell of a job. He has. I, 
I think he's a top five guy in the country. I honestly do. I think in the next 20 years, like, I don't know if it'll be at Florida State. Who knows? But he's going to be a national champion type coach. NFL and they probably would have fired him a couple of years ago. They lost at home to Jacksonville State. They had lost like four straight games God, at one the point. The guy he and, inherited that from was a train wreck. Yeah, Willie Taggart. Yeah. Yeah. That was a that was a bad spot. But no, last time Iowa State played Memphis in the bowl game, Mike Norvell was there. Mm-hmm. So I studied him yep. a lot and got to know him a little bit. And I was like, man, this guy's an offensive freaking guru. So here, th- this is where I wanted to go with this. I pulled these last night. So if you wanted to bet it today, this is from Circus Sports Iowa. There's really 10 teams or nine teams that probably eight, actually. I'm going to kick LSU out of there just for the conversation that have realistic chances to win the national championship. And we'll run down them here from eight to one. But the good thing is Hassel's seen a lot of these teams live, so he can give us a little bit more perspective. Oregon, even after that Washington loss, which a lot of people think that Oregon was the better team in that game, I would agree after watching. Washington almost lost to Arizona State the other night. I was a sicko that stayed up until 1.30 in the morning watching that thing. Uh, but Oregon at 2,500, plus 2,500 at number eight. Then we go to, I'll just do like three of these in a row and let you comment. Texas okay. is at 1,500. You've got Oklahoma at 1,300, Hassel. So that is eight, seven, and six. Mm-hmm. Who do you think most likely to win the championship of those Ooh, three? Of those three? I mean, I, I think Oregon might be the best team of those three. Uh, Oregon's... They should be perfect. I mean, they they they, sh- they probably should have won that Washington game. I mean, they get I one agree. yard and it's over. And they, and they're complete. Like they they've got a really good defense. They've got a great offense and great coach in Dan Lanning. I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Oregon out of those three. Interesting. So you think there's some value there, uh, Bama? Especially with the value, yeah. Twenty. What did you say? Twenty five. Twenty five hundred. Texas fifteen. I would not take mm-hmm. Texas now if yours is no. out. Like it just feels. No. Feels like. And if they lose one more game, they're eliminated. I still think Oklahoma's got a real shot to run the table, but then they're going to have to. I, I think they will got, run the yeah, table. I have think to beat they'll Texas be again. Twelve and zero and playing Texas and with a game to go to the college football playoff. Bama at eleven hundred, which they're weird now because like it feels like Saban's turned the corner. He was my bigger, better boulder last week, but then every week, dude, they're in these mm-hmm. games. You know, they had to come back. They it, the scoreboard they covered against Tennessee, but that was a dogfight. And then Washington at a thousand. I just mm-hmm. don't think they looked so bad. Man, I was really Arizona high State. on them before that Arizona State game. I mean, they should have lost that game. Oh, Arizona Penix State was is ter- Penix lost the Heisman the other night. Yeah, and he was a uh, he was like minus money to win the Heisman going into that this week. It was like minus one forty or something like that, and Arizona State totally shut him down. Now they they survived again, just like Oklahoma did, just like Texas did. It's it's about surviving. You, you're you're not going to be able to just roll through your season most of the time, even against inferior teams. They got the job done. They won. Can you hear my Boy, dog that, barking? That's not my dog. I, I said, can you hear my dog barking? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Real I, quick, the um, Dillingham, Dillingham, Dillingham. Mm-hmm. Kenny Dillingham. He's done a really good job. He has. They're, 
they're one and six. They're close. And they can't get to a bowl game because of that bullshit NCAA thing. But those kids play, man. That Arizona State team, we saw them take USC down to the wire every every week they are in games. I think he's a really good coach. What the hell is going on back there? <laughs> Did she get into those placenta pills? Is she having somebody rang the doorbell? Oh my speaking of that, who the hell sent me this DIY placenta edibles? That's interesting. Can I get a copy of that? You probably sent it to me, you no, sick son me. of a bitch. What, what is it? What Placenta edibles? Yes, it's like you can make these smoothies with your placenta. Uh, you can make them into chocolates. <laughs> um, so is it like if you're oh, a woman? Look at this. It's also placenta art. Ooh. Can you see... Ooh, that'll be perfect in the studio. You can make a heart out of the the umbilical cord and the placenta or whatever the hell that thing is. If you have a baby, if you're if you're a woman and you have a child, so Mm -hmm. let's just use Van Winkle's wife. Van Winkle's wife. She's the one who got this whole placenta thing started. She she has the baby. Devoured that thing and the. I mean, we got little baby Van Winkle. They ate their placenta before they even met the kid. Little baby Van Winkle. Does the placenta belong to the baby or the mom? I think the mom thinks it belongs to her. Who owns that placenta? Probably the mom. Because it wouldn't exist without the mom. It wouldn't right? exist without the baby either. Uh, it's okay. Maybe they split it. It's like the chicken and the egg. Yeah. So here's the warning and disclaimer at the start before they even get into this. Warning. This guide is intended for personal use only, meaning for those intending to prepare their own personal placenta in their own home with their own equipment and supplies. This is not a guide for preparing anyone else's placenta but your own. (laughs) Preparing other people's placentas introduces a whole host of other considerations pertaining to personal health and safety that are not covered in this guide. All placenta handling and preparation is done at your own risk. Katie D. Bendetto is on a mission and shall have, oh, oh, this is like her thing. Katie, whatever her name is, and two doulas on a mission, which is the name of whatever she's a part of, shall have neither liability nor responsibility to any person or entity regarding any alleged loss, damage, or injury as a result of the information presented in this work. Great question from Iowa Nepo, baby. What is the recommended cook temperature for placenta? That's a great question. It's, you know, pork, you want to get it somewhere. to 140, cook it to 145 in well, the foil. Look, what about uh, the placenta? Placenta just, or uh, Van Wink just ate his placenta raw. Yeah, they remember they brought it to us on a silver platter. I, mean, I kid placenta tartar. They put it on a dish. It is amazing what humans can eat. And survive off of though. You know, do you ever think about that hassle? DIY placenta art. And additionally, for what worth, you could get crafty with it. I did not send you that. Placenta prints. Take look, at, look at the name of, the, of her website. Oh, and look at the name of her the, website on the back of the book. Preserve the amniotic sac. Yeah, that's the. What did you fluid say? Sac. Look up the name of her that. website on the back there. 
What? You could also plant the plant the placenta or part of it in a spot significant to your family? Plant it in a pot and take it with you always? <laughs> you could pre prepare the placenta as you would most other pieces of meat. Grill it, put it in chili. Yeah, we already lasagna. We covered that. Uh, the website, uh, I don't know, it's DIY Placenta. It says Instagram.com slash DIY Placenta. Lasagna, placenta lasagna. Look, look who, look, that's what she looks like. <laughs> Is, does that surprise you? All right, you? the top four from Circa Sports to win the national championship. You've got Florida State now at plus 800. Which they're a little bit to me, Chris. Like, and I, I watch them pretty closely. They're it feels like they're always in close games. They're probably going to lose at some point, I would think. But, but they, they don't, don't play have North any ranked teams the rest of the way. They have Miami yeah. coming in to Doke in a few weeks. They go to Florida. That's it. That's all they have before the, an ACC championship game where they'll likely play North Carolina. They just Dude. lost to Virginia out of nowhere. Ohio State plus six hundred. And this is interesting. Georgia plus 320. Mm -hmm. Michigan is now your favorite to win the national championship at plus 260. Clearly a tumultuous end of the week for Jim Harbaugh in Michigan with the sign-stealing thing. I want to see some more details on this. Feels to me, I don't know. Keith I, I want says to know what placenta this guy was. plus 220. So is is the only way Bama gets into the playoff if they beat Georgia in the SEC championship game? Because right now they're what ninth? I guess that yeah. I mean, probably playoff. you put a yeah. one loss Bama gets in. I easy. think I think that would be a sneaky little play to play Bama at eleven hundred. I just don't think Alabama's that good this year. Um, I, I, look, if I'm going to pick a team right now, I'm probably picking Michigan. They've been the most dominant team. The most consistent team all year long, but you're not getting much value at plus two sixty. Georgia's without Brock value. Bowers, huh? Georgia's the best value play, I would say. Well, if you're looking at value, if you really want some value, I think you play Oregon at plus twenty five hundred. That's the best value because if Oregon wins out, they're in. Getting in is a, one thing. It's like, who do you think could actually... I think Oregon could. Win two playoff games? Yes. I don't know that Florida State could. I don't think they could. I think Ohio I, State I, I think Oregon's could. the best value play there at 25-1. At to 1. Now, they have no wiggle room. They've got to win out. But I kind of think Oklahoma is a pretty good value play, too. Just because Could be, because Oklahoma could probably lose one game. Yeah. As long as it's not the Big 12 championship game. And still get in. Well, it, I would make the complete argument with them like Oregon, too. It's like we've seen the, the these Oklahoma teams of the past that made the playoff didn't play defense. So they would give up 50 points to one of those SEC teams where mm -hmm. this Oklahoma team like actually has a good defense and you got like a 60-year starting quarterback, right, who's really, mm -hmm. really good in, in Dylan Gabriel, which is one of the – I would like that about Phoenix, too. Phoenix? Phoenix. <laughs> I knew we were going ah. All right, you're, get your head like, out of the gutter. Well, right. you're like Desmond. Did you see where Desmond Howard, what Desmond Howard was chanting a couple weeks ago on college game day? <laughs> no. 
It, it, you know, because they say big Penix energy. That's like a thing. And he was like, he was on game day and he was like, big Penix energy, big <laughs> penis energy. He was chanting that on game day. Anything goes on that show anymore. Well, how about pull up the Big Ten West anymore. standings, Van Wink? Because Iowa, if they win out, they're still going to go we, to the Big Ten championship Are you going to bring up more Iowa playoff talk this week? Is that where we're going here? Wisconsin still has to play Ohio State. So chalk that up as a loss. Iowa would have the tiebreaker against them. If Iowa wins out, they're still likely going to the Big Ten championship. I hope are you going to keep are you going to keep Williams the Big Ten champion out of the playoff if Iowa goes and beats Michigan in the Big Ten championship game? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what would that line be? God, what would that line be? Iowa, Michigan, Big Ten championship. I mean, it would probably 24? be four. Oh, I would say even higher. It, it yeah. Yeah, I would say it's higher. I mean, what would you bet at twenty? What was it two? You're years not going to get even money on that. Everybody would bet on Michigan two years ago. I don't know. You could probably pull that like up. I don't. Seventeen. I would guess seventeen or so yeah. a couple of years ago. It'll be heightened now because Michigan's way better than they were too. Yeah, because that back then Michigan had Cade McNamara at quarterback. Now they have JJ McCarthy. Twelve. It, it was twelve. Twelve. Now Over they have JJ McCarthy, who is one of the Heisman favorites now. It's all about getting even money. If they put that line at 24, would they get even money? Boy. We've seen Iowa, Penn State. No yeah. way. Everybody would bet on me. All the sharps would, at least. Because, again, think? like with, we, it's not Look, like playing Minnesota and Wisconsin this year. Set a number for Deacon Hill or, or Labus to start the game. After the bye week, what would you put that at? I'm sure you're going to go Hill minus money. I'd say Hill minus 150. So Labus um, plus 200. Labus plus 210. Which one are you taking? I still think there's an element of this where like Kirk Ferentz won't make the change because he doesn't want to like appear to admit he was wrong. We, we covered this yes. last year. Because we're yes. like, why wouldn't he make the change? I truly think that that's part of it. Because he's he's older, right? Yep. Like older people Stubborn. tend to dig in. Oh yeah, and he's pissed about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't know what's going to happen after this season. Like, is he is he just going to ride off into the sunset, middle fingers in the air? Screw you! This the point thing didn't mean anything. Someone asked him about the point. Like, are you worried about Brian falling so far behind the point thing? I don't think he cares at all. I think this is a much larger discussion to have about the future of Kirk Ferentz and the future of Iowa, and we probably should save it because we're over an hour already. Boy, I see Van Winkle's got the Rams thing pulled up already, just ready to shove it in our face. Were you rooting against us yesterday in Survivor? No, of course not. Yeah, we're not. done. We we lost. We picked the Rams and Survivor and eliminated. And the first text we get from Van Wink, he's like, "Oh, geez, it was too bad to see you guys get eliminated without even using the the Eagles or the Chiefs." You should have went with your gut. You guys thought Williams thought Chiefs on on Thursday. We were we were debating. I we mean, were we, right there. I still don't hate what we did because it. 
I talked to a lot of people out there. They thought that this was the hardest Survivor week of all time. And what we did was we made a we made a decision. We we knew we were more comfortable with the Chiefs, but we weren't that comfortable with the Chiefs. And they did have a game with the Chargers there for a while. And we, we opted to go in because if we would have won this week, we would have been in a really, yeah. really good spot. The Bills, Bucks, Rams lost, right? Yeah. Bills. And we had already geez. used the Seahawks. We couldn't yep. use that one. Yep. Yeah, Seahawks would play if you still had them, but we yeah. didn't. We would have survived had we picked the Chiefs, but God, Mike Tomlin is incredible. <laughs> That's not, he's won the seven straight games off the bye now. I mean, he's he's like he's kind of like Kirk Ferentz. Kenny Pickett looked bad like offense. Spencer Petras in the first half, and then turned into John Elway in the third quarter yesterday. The Rams kicker missed no, two field God. goals and an extra point. And then, did you see the? I don't think you were watching it because you would have lost your mind. Where McVay didn't have any timeouts left. Yeah, I was. The Rams should have had another chance. Mm. I was out to dinner. I was. Oh, I was losing my mind. We had like opposite Sundays yesterday because usually it's you just like hassling me about like all of our games. <laughs> and that was me yesterday. And then we did go three and two. So we're back to our winning ways on Circa Millions, which was good. I thought la- I thought last night's game, I- Zavolinski was on one. What? On Saturday what night. Uh, he's just all drunk, like gambling. <laughs> and he, he needed to make up. So, so we kept live betting the Florida State game. Yeah, he was texting live. me as I was calling that game. Yeah, well, we we let's just say we we had a good week. We had a good weekend with that Iowa under, and then the Florida Jeez, State what game was that that was so. Even if DeGene scores that touchdown, it still goes under. You guys like here's a tip with the Iowa betters out there too. Just watch the first quarter mm-hmm. because usually, like if Iowa's going to do anything, like they'll do it in that first drive, right? And if they don't score on their first drive, hammer it down. Just keep progressively betting the under blindly. Don't think about it. Because the the longer that game goes, and I what Iowa kicking a field goal in the first possession is the best thing that could happen for an under better. Because Ference is like, oh, we have a lead. Yep, that's it. <laughs> I do think when they got that seven point lead, the ten three lead, he just thought, okay, it's over. Yeah, I'm sitting on it. <laughs> and you know they're mistake, not going to do anything to try and score points. Like they are just right. going to punt. But Deacon Hill, turnover machine. <laughs> God damn it! What? A, what? A, what? A fuck. Well, good stuff. Appreciate you, Chris. Appreciate you. Maddie and I are heading up to uh, Minnesota here in a couple hours. Damn. We'll, we'll send you a... I'll send you a video of now Van how, Winkle. How far is that drive? About four hours, three and a half hours. God, the drive to Tallahassee was terrible. Turn that shit off, Matt. Ready for Van some Wink. football, baby? Are you You're ready for some football? Running around singing E-40. There's going to be... A northerner up there with like a giant Viking beard who is going to shove it up your ass tonight. <laughs> Appreciate all of our great I think Purdy, sponsors. Purdy's been figured out. I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm worried about him tonight. Could be in trouble. I would hope he could still score on the Vikings defense. 
My God. <laughs> All right. Uh, he's Chris Hassel. Maddie Van Winkle Productions, as always. Follow us on social media. Please subscribe and give us a great review as well. We appreciate it. Have an awesome week, everybody. Bang, bang, Niner guy. Bang, bang, Niner guy. Bang, bang, Niner guy. Who are we? Bang, bang, Niner Iowa everywhere.